Welcome to a special edition of Between the Headphones, the Red and Black Flashback. I'm John James, your host for this podcast miniseries, in which I'll talk to past members of the Red and Black Sports Desk to get a full scoop on their experiences at the Red and Black and beyond. Today, we're talking to Augusta Stone, staff writer for the Carolina Panthers. Thank you for speaking with me today. Of course, very excited. Uh, My first question is just, when did you join the Red and Black? Okay, so I joined the Red and Black. It was the spring semester of my freshman year, so that would have been 2018, I think. When you joined in 2018, did you have a particular career goal in mind? That's a great question. So I'll give you a quick rundown of my college journey. Um, I actually came in fall 2017 thinking I wanted to be a pharmacist. So I was a chemistry major that couldn't get through gym chem one. I couldn't do it. It was um, not fulfilling my soul in a way that I needed it to in college. I was just like kind of chasing dreams at that point. So I joined the Red and Black because of Dean Davis's class. Um, I think it was career explorations at the time. And I think I may have been the first ever class if I'm not mistaken. Um, And in that point, my advisor kind of knew that I was coming off the science thing. And I always wanted to like work in sports, but I thought of it as almost like a pipe dream, if that makes sense. So I was like, well, I'd love to do it, but I'm not sure, you know, how easy it would be. And then, you know, I'm from a small town. And so I got kind of in my head about that. But um, being in that class with Dean Davis, like inspired me and made me realize like, oh, I can actually do this. So Um, When I started at the Red and Black, I think I was thinking more in terms of like Red and Black goals. And I was like, I want to cover football. That's kind of what we all come on and feel like, you know, that's the goal. Um, And then from there, my goal was employment. So it was kind of a a, a very broad thing because I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do it, if that makes sense. So you started out wanting to cover football. What was your first beat at the Red and Black? Yes, so my first ever beat was women's golf, and that was so fun. I actually have a story of my first ever availability, because I think we all remember kind of what it was like to go in, and you're so nervous, and it's your first time interviewing strangers, and um, they had just opened up their new facility, and so I got to like walk around, and I interviewed, I remember she was a senior at the time, her name is Isabella Skinner, And we sat underneath this like beautiful awning looking out at the golf course and the birds were chirping and the whole thing seemed so like out of a movie. And that was my first ever availability experience. So it was a great beat to start out on. Just beautiful, gorgeous April 2018. (laughs) And you eventually ascended to sports editor and football. Um, What stood out to you from, from that experience on the beat? Exactly, exactly. So um, I'll give a quick, I had an interesting path because I was also a red coat in the marching band for a year. So that was my first fall semester and it was hard for me to make availability. So what I did was I was a club sports guru at the time. So my editor at the time was Alex Soderstrom, who's amazing and works in Orlando now, does amazing work or he works somewhere in Florida. I think it's Orlando though. And um, he was my first editor, gave me free range to just kind of cover whatever I could at the time. So I got super into rugby. That was my thing. I was writing all these little rugby features and it was super exciting. Covered gymnastics after that, thanks to Colin Hughley, who actually lives in Charlotte where I live now, which is awesome. Um, And then from there, everything kind of progressed that next fall 
So this would have been fall 19. I was an assistant sports editor with Henry Queen. He was our sports ed, close friend, amazing guy. He's working in Tampa now, um, incredible guy. And um, we were a football team together. And then sports editor, when the pandemic hit, which was absolutely wild because I was basically in charge of everything as the world blew up. I mean, and it's so like looking back, sports were so inconsequential compared to everything else that happened. So they moved me over to news and I was helping out with sports and coordinating news as well. And then I became editor in chief and covered the 2020 football season at the same time. So absolute chaos, um, a lot unfolded there, but those opportunities were you can't as as not ideal as the circumstances were you truly can't like replicate that kind of experience or you know the pivot from in person to everything on google meets and keeping the team sort of um like the red and black sort of together even though like we didn't see each other face to face for months and months and months whenever we weren't in person and everything was going on and i had thankfully Rebecca Burns believed in me to lead at that point and it was really cool so that that's honestly a huge pivotal moment of my experience at the red and black was fall 2020 when I was editor-in-chief and a football writer because I was balancing a lot and it was the kind of thing that I couldn't have prepared myself for so I'm grateful for that experience so to me that sounds incredibly stressful um how did you go about making that adjustment where you were juggling so many things in a relatively unprecedented time. Yeah, I leaned on the people around me and I'm just gonna continue to shout out my friends from the Red and Black because they're truly like the most incredible people. I worked with Savannah Sicarella and Spencer Donovan when I was editor in chief and those two, I mean, we were just, in my opinion, just an amazing trio because we all came into it with different perspectives, different backgrounds. You know, Savannah had worked on news and Spencer had as well. Savannah had experience with culture. I'm the sports person coming in all of this. When you're covering something that unprecedented and everything's being affected by it, the way that we kind of balanced off each other and bounced, you know, just kind of being able to collaborate and lead in that way, coming from completely different reporting backgrounds, to me was absolutely invaluable. Like you can't, I I couldn't have done that without their support. And obviously Rebecca just helping guide through everything. Um, I mean, that was our first pivot too into the regular kind of, we we produced a monthly paper and when we went in for that production, that was the only time we had in-person meetings. So everyone was kind of on this new schedule and I'm so grateful for my staff that semester because everyone was so locked in on, okay, we're gonna over-communicate through Slack and phone calls because that's what we have to do because we're not seeing each other every day. And there was a commitment to making it work. And I honestly, like I was, you know, editor-in-chief, but I feel like I was leaning on so much of the guidance. I mean, Andy Walsh was our sports editor, one of my best friends, and I mean, so helpful through all of that. Just, I, it was truly everyone else helping out and, and having this drive to do good work, even though the circumstances were almost impossible. So we pulled it off, and I'm very proud of the work that we did, but I would be lying to you if I said that every moment was peachy and wonderful because there were definitely a lot of challenges uh, throughout the way, but I can look back and smile when I think about it. So you mentioned that Dean Davis's class was kind of eye-opening for you with regards to sports media, but was that the moment where it kind of clicked for you, where you realized, yeah, I can make a career out of this, I can do this? I think that was the one of the first moments where it felt like there was a path because something that's so 
unconventional and unique about our industry is that there is no linear way to go in or to progress. It is really ebb and flow. Sometimes you'll make a side move. Sometimes you'll make a move that doesn't necessarily feel like you're going up, which I mean, you know, up can be general and relative, but um, there is just, to me, the biggest challenge was where do I start? You know, like I want to do this and I want to be able to cover these games, but having that class showed me entry points even past the red and black i mean there were so many opportunities that they just presented to you and to me the red and black was the one that like sang to my heart the most because i wanted to write and i loved the newsroom culture um you know the people that they came in to speak with us i don't remember i want to say maybe wilson alexander it was it was a class far above me but um just hearing the way they operated it sounded so teamwork oriented and everything like that so I was so excited to join I just wanted to be a part of it but to me that class really helped kind of solidify that there was a path forward and I could do something so um, I wanted to do it it was one of those things where it's like okay how do I make the dream happen and that class sort of showed me here's where you start you know speaking of a path forward uh, eventually you found your way to South Carolina covering women's basketball and football what was that transition like for you? Oh, it was awesome. So staying in the SEC was such a blessing, I just have to say first and foremost, because um, I grew up an SEC football fan, you know, from the state of Georgia. So you can kind of put that those pieces together if you want. I work in the NFL now, so I can kind of shed uh, my objective lens a little bit. But, um, you know, so I, I grew up knowing these teams and, and being familiar with the conference. So it was such a blessing to be able to start in the SEC. The transition was easy in a way because they were also a remote newsroom at the time when I started. They do have an office now, but when I started, they were operating a lot like the Red and Black was when I was editor-in-chief. So they were fully online communicating via video message, even though, you know, we're only 10 minutes down the road from each other because they were still kind of in pandemic mode. I started in 2021, so not much had really changed. And um, it was a smooth transition it was fun to work for a newspaper. I think the grind is very similar. Like that's one thing I noticed. I was like, wait, like this is pretty much exactly what I did at the red and black. I mean, the structure of everything, the biggest difference is that you don't have to balance schoolwork. So honestly, it's kind of nice being employed because you're already putting in borderline full-time hours at the red and black. I mean, I'm sure you, you know that full well and well and completely so um but being employed, it's like, okay, so I can actually devote time to enterprising story ideas and annoying sources all day long so that's kind of what I did. <laughs> was it intimidating for you being assigned to South Carolina women's basketball one of the most in dominant programs in the country as one of your first professional stops? Absolutely I mean they came in so I actually had an AP vote while I was there I inherited it which was incredible because I'm fresh out of college and they're like okay now you're an AP women's basketball voter and I'm like oh my goodness so yeah, I was inheriting, they were, that year, they were front to back number one preseason three when they won the tournament. So it was, all eyes were on our coverage because we were the flagship paper in the, in the state of South Carolina based out of the Capitol. So we're there. Um, and then on top of it, I had the responsibility because not only was South Carolina, you know, favorites to win it all all season they did eventually win it all that season but they were they had one of the if not I can't remember if it was like statistically the toughest schedule or one of the toughest non-conference schedules so I already have to be an SEC expert a South Carolina expert I need to be a top tier expert and I need to know enough to put together a 
you know, smart enough top 25 every single week. So when I tell you I was eating, sleeping, and breathing women's college basketball just to be able to, you know, keep my pulse, keep my hand on the pulse, oh my goodness. So, um, and then on top of all of that, as I mentioned um, before we got on here, I was covering Dawn Staley, the legend Dawn Staley. And I'll tell a quick story. When I first started at the state, um, it was when they were actually finally holding the Olympic Games that had been postponed. Dawn led that team to a gold medal, and I was covering that with like the local angle of South Carolina's coach Dawn Staley just coached to a gold medal, and she had been a part of all these other gold medal teams. So my first assignments were Olympics coverage of the legend that is Dawn Staley. Like To me, I can't think of a, a more... I don't know if intimidating is the word, but just kind of a, oh my goodness, this is real, than like sitting on a Zoom call at three in the morning because they're in Japan and I'm waiting to introduce myself via Zoom to Dawn Staley. Like to me, that was just unreal. So I definitely jumped in head first, I'd say. <laughs> Did you lean on others for advice on making that adjustment or was you kind of just feeling it out for yourself? I definitely leaned on others. My coworkers at the state, I will continue to give shout outs, but Ben Fortnoy and Michael Lanana, incredible human beings, uh, both cover South Carolina athletics with me, um, different experience levels. Michael had been in the industry for over five years and Ben was in year three. And they kind of knew exactly how to help me navigate through working with an editor full time, uh, living in South Carolina, you know, just kind of everything. I. I truly leaned on a lot of people um, to help me get get me through and just honestly make it feel like home because that's something I don't want to like lose in a career talk is like, especially in our industry, you're moving a lot. So you're making a lot of new friends and you're connecting with a lot of new people. You have to make that place a home. And so I can't say enough about my former place of work and my current place of work, but also uh, all of my coworkers that have helped me kind of feel like I'm at home because that's something... I think is not talked about enough in our industry is all of the relocation and having to make these. I mean, I'd never lived in South Carolina before. You know, I had only been to Columbia when I accepted the job or I had gone for a game for like 24 hours once and then I accepted the job and went for a day. Like I was not familiar. So you're moving to all these new places, meeting all these new people and a huge part of the adjustment is making it home. So that's something that people need to be prepared for, I think. <laughs> You were also covering football in South Carolina. Um, what was the difference from your perspective between covering the women's basketball team and covering the football team? Oh, huge. Um, so I think the biggest thing is the saturation of an SEC football beat. Now, I will say covering Georgia sort of prepares you for that. But um, unfortunately, women's basketball still doesn't really get the regular season coverage that it deserves. So it's a lot more intimate availabilities it's it could be just you some days it could be you and maybe two other newspaper reporters and a tv camera it could be everyone it kind of ebbed and flowed football was always like a room of at least 15 to 20 people a bunch of cameras a very sort of you know formal setup and women's basketball had a lot more leeway and and calmness and laid back you know attitude about it um, especially in the regular season now tournament season is a little different but um, and, and I appreciated one thing I appreciated was that Dawn Staley always recognized that, like, you know, there were people who were there every day and she gave us credit for that. Um, but, yeah, the thing about football in the SEC is that, I mean, South Carolina was a six and six team, if I'm not mistaken, my first year when I covered them six and six or seven and five. 
and they were still getting a lot of coverage. So kind of finding your voice on that, finding a way to make yourself noticed um, versus women's basketball where there isn't enough coverage. And so everything you write is going to be looked at and is very important. Not that your work on football isn't important, but you have to carve out a different niche, I think, um, especially especially wrestling with some of these SEC writers, that's for sure. <laughs> so when you moved on from Columbia, you stayed in the Carolinas and you found your way to an NFL franchise. Uh, how did that opportunity come about? Oh my goodness, um, just luck and blessings. That's all I have to say, really. Um, my current boss, our managing editor, Darren Gant, reached out to me. Um, and the process was so cool, like just kind of going through. Um, it was a longer interview process. You know, I came up here for a day and and we, we really were feeling each other out, discussing kind of the thing about working for a team is you really do kind of pick your like how you cover, right? So we brainstormed ideas and what I can bring, and it's a lot more open-ended than traditional newspaper, traditional media. It's, it's truly whatever we feel like we can put on the website. We have so much at our disposal and nothing really holding us back. We don't even have like, you know, inches like you do in a newspaper because we're completely digital. So if I wanna write 2,000 words on something completely off the wall I have liberties to do that so um, yeah that whole process was absolutely amazing and I'm coming up on my 10 month anniversary here very soon um, I, I've loved it. it it was a huge transition just in terms of going from college to pro coverage moving from a city like Columbia to a city like Charlotte but I absolutely love it here it's 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 a dream come true these past few weeks have been Pretty busy for for Carolina, to say the least. Um, they traded for the first pick in the draft. The free agency period started. You're traveling from college to college for pro day. How have you been navigating the chaos of your recent schedule? Oh my goodness, great question. So um, yeah, my, between my boss and I, we went to seven pro days. I went to five of them. I volunteered for it because I love going back to colleges. So I covered, I hit five pro days. And we traded up for the first overall pick. And free agency has been popping off, too. And we have guys coming in here to sign, and then we interview them. So this month from, I mean, the beginning of March until now, the first week of April, has been absolutely wild. I will say the biggest thing is making sure that you're getting enough sleep. Because there has been nights where I'm like, oh, my goodness, like... I got back to the hotel at 10.30 and I need to be up by five and what do I do? And I have a radio this to do and I have a bunch of articles and I need to interview this person and you're running around. Oh, but it is so worth it. Um, the thing about navigating crazy news is just always kind of being on your toes. Um, like I'm around this stadium 24 seven, it feels like, I mean, there's no time to rest, but it's also one of those things that's so fulfilling because it's so exciting. And we've had a lot of conversations about sort of taking in this moment and understanding that it is as a fan, you know, fans want to eat this up right now. There's, there's not really a much more exciting time to be a Panthers fan than when we have all new coaches, all these free agents. We're going to get the first quarterback. We have our pick of whoever we want. So to capitalize on that, it's a big responsibility, but it's also just as exciting. So there's like a way to rewire your brain to where you're like, oh, I'm doing a lot of work, but it's super meaningful and it has an expiration date because after the draft, then, you know, we have the quarterback. So now we have to do all this content. So right now we can do all this, woo, you know, analysis. Who's it going to be? And then we'll have the guy at the end of this month and we'll see who it is. <laughs> Speaking of that content machine, you mentioned that it's a little different working for a, 
a NFL franchise than it is for an outside media outlet. What are some of the differences you've seen in your experience thus far? Ooh, great question. I think in terms of my own experience, we have not an, I wouldn't say the, the access channels are different and that's going to happen naturally for outside versus uh, inside internal media. Um, like I, I'm technically coworkers with our coaching staff and our players, right? Like we're all kind of underneath this Tepper sports and entertainment umbrella. So like we work in the same facility. I can, you know, be getting lunch and walk and run into Frank Reich and ask him, you know, a quick question or, Hey, do you have like 15 minutes here and there? And it's a little bit easier, but I mean, at the same time, we have tons of hurdles and these people are so busy and we don't always get, you know, yes, but, um, it's easier in that regard. Um, I do travel with the team, so I'm always embedded. Um, but with that, of course, you know, it, it's just it's, it's a different grind, I think. We, we have, like I mentioned earlier, free range to sort of pitch whatever we want. So we're not, we're not betrothed to certain um, old concepts or maybe things that could be less cutting edge in the newspaper industry, you know, because we have um, a lot of opportunities to incorporate multimedia elements that – um, maybe some traditional newspapers haven't come around to yet, or we have a very big video team and a pretty well-developed photo team. So we have kind of resources like that. So, but it's, it's not any better or worse in terms of, um, that it's just really different. Like I know when I worked at a newspaper, it felt like we were very writing focused and then we'd be like, oh man, we need a photographer here. And here it's almost like, okay, we have all of these visual elements, let's put it together and have words with it. So it's it's almost like the flow of things is different when you're working internal media, especially something so video and photo and in your face driven. Um, so that those are kind of some of the biggest differences. I think really it just kind of is the the ability to be innovative because we're still pretty new like the team media sphere is is just growing and and it's it's here to stay and I think that's really exciting so we can kind of do whatever we please with it um pitch whatever and see what sticks (laughs) so between all of your experiences at the red and black South Carolina now with the Panthers is there one moment that you can look back on and think yes this is when I realized I made the right decision Ooh, there's been there's been moments across all of them. I I think the first moment when I knew that I wanted to like get really serious about this was while I was at the Red and Black. And ironically, because I know I talked about how much I wanted to cover football and I totally did. I mean, I loved it. But the first time I ever got to travel as a sports writer was with the Red and Black. It was spring 2019 for the SEC Gymnastics Championship in New Orleans, Louisiana. I was traveling with Henry Queen and Tori Heck. It was just us three. And we got to drive down. I mean, that was my first really big beat. And that was my first away trip on anything. And it felt so real in that moment. Like I had been covering meets and I had been to some golf tournaments and I had covered other events, but going on the road, something about road travel, and it still hits me. Like, I mean, there were a couple trips with the Panthers this year where I was just like, oh my goodness, this is so real. But something about road trips and my first ever one, like it sunk in for me in a way where I was like, oh my goodness, like I am a working professional. And to me, even still, like, you know, travel is chaotic, but 
but it makes it all feel so real. <laughs> like there's just nothing like being on the road and having that credential and, and getting in the hotel rooms and being like, oh, I'm on a work trip. Like the whole thing is just really cool. And, and I just, that's a hard feeling to replicate. So definitely that, that first SEC Women's Gymnastics Championship was just unreal, the experience. And, and it's, it's a time that is cemented in my memory forever. I will never forget that trip so easily, easily that one. This is actually uh, a personal fascination of mine. Just like, as like a novice sports writer, I love talking to more experienced people in the field and finding out what their favorite trips were. Was that your favorite venue that you've ever visited or, or is there another place that you were just like blown away by the amenities or the anything about it? SoFi Stadium was incredible, incredible. We played the Rams this year and I have a personal fascination with it because I will shout out real quick. I yell about this all the time, but I'm vegan. I've been vegan for two years and press box food when you're vegan is impossible to come by. SoFi Stadium had their own special little meals. So I actually ate well. So that was a whole thing. But oh my goodness, walking into that place was like, I feel like I was walking into the future and we get field access as members of the team. So, I mean, I just looked up and I was like, oh my goodness, like the pictures I have like probably over 150 pictures of just like, look at the ceiling, look at the way the ground looked. Like that place, incredible. So that was the one that just blew me away. And I'd never been to California before. So that was my first time being there. Um, a lot of other really cool experiences, but for some reason, just the architecture of that place and then the way that they treated the media and, and were um, you know inclusive toward, toward vegans that you just don't get in the South or many other places. So I really appreciated that. <laughs> Stuart and I were there for the national championship and he said to SoFi Stadium, felt like he was living in Star Wars. Yes, exactly. Like it doesn't feel of this earth. It is so cool. Like everyone should go and just like walk in. Like it's so cool. I loved it. <laughs> So, wrapping up a little bit, looking back on your career thus far, when you were entering the Red and Black in 2018, what is one thing you wish you would have known that you've learned through your many, many experiences? Okay, this is, <laughs> I, I, I get this piece of advice a lot and people can either choose to take it or not, but I wish that I calmed my type A anxious personality down just a smidge because everything like truly does end up working out like I know it's easy for me to say that because I am employed and I'm so beyond blessed but the thing is I would make plans for myself and I would be like okay I'm gonna do this internship I'm gonna move here I'm gonna do this absolutely nothing in my career path especially ever since I graduated college I could have predicted happening like if you had told me in 2018 2019 even 2020 that I would start out, well, first I would find a home in the Carolinas. I love it here. Uh, this place has embraced me. I'm, I'm a Georgia native. Like I had never really spent time here before my first two jobs. And this, the, these states and the cities that I've lived in have embraced me. And I couldn't have predicted it. So kind of giving up control and just doing a good job at what you're assigned to do. So like I'm editor in chief now, so I'm gonna do the best job I possibly can. I am a sports writer, I'm covering football. I'm gonna do the best job I can. Uh, treat people well when I meet them. Never say no to an opportunity that I can fit in. Obviously learn to say no, but but you know, just always being you know willing to try new things. Things will just kind of fall into place and they will be things that you don't expect. Like I didn't ever think that at 20, I accepted this job at 23. I never thought at 23 years old that I would be covering an NFL team. 
I couldn't have predicted it. And I obviously had no idea it'd be the Panthers. Like, I'm not from here. But it, they have embraced me in a way that's indescribable. So I would literally, as like, I guess, um, floaty and silly as it may sound, like kind of relinquishing control, taking opportunities as they come, and accepting that even though in college I saw myself, you know, maybe somewhere different, um, the future that's actually laid out is better than anything I could have predicted. I think that's the biggest thing. So just kind of like, let go Augusta. Like I would be like, 2018 Augusta, please calm down. It will be okay. I wish I'd worried a little less. As someone with a very anxious personality, uh, thank you for that tidbit of advice. It's true. It's true. I'm telling you. I mean, I found out about my first job the night I graduated and someone just called and was like, hey, do you want to apply? Like, I didn't even know it was available, that women's basketball job. So it will, I graduated having no idea. And then the night I graduated, I got that call. So I just, it, you, it'll work. It just, it works out. I can't, I can't describe enough. It just works out. So, but I get it. I'm also, I'm still anxious now. So <laughs> I say all this, I talk big game, but. <laughs> anxious Augusta Stone. Where can people find all of your content and coverage? Oh my goodness, panthers.com. Also follow me on Twitter at Augusta L. Stone. The L stands for Lee, my middle name. <laughs> Thank you for talking with us. Of course, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for picking me to talk to.